Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to kessetchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Good morning. Uh, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here, just uh, in case you missed it the first time. Uh, I'm going to continue in our gas series this morning. I'm excited. Uh, today's going to be a good service. I can feel it. There's energy in certain services. In the back, you can just kind of feel them. And then there's, there's other energy in other services. And then I, I usually tell you about that. Somebody in here is messing up my message because there's something, something I got to change. But this service is, so far, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty excited. Uh, I do have one thing I need to address. Uh, last week, I talked about Pastor Chris Potter's uh, baby that wasn't born yet. It was two weeks overdue. And I, I called this baby rude. I called him a rude baby because he's late. I had some pushback from people that you should never call a child rude. And, uh, and so I thought about it, and I realized you're wrong. I can do that if I want to. <laughs> so I made this onesie for Chris's uh, baby. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, he put it on and didn't even care. Look at his little smug face. He is a rude baby. Look at him. <laughs> so for those of you who, who have questioning my leadership, uh, that's what a rude baby looks like. That little man right there is uh, two weeks overdue, and he's just perfect. And so uh, I got to spend some time with him, and he's, he's awesome. So uh, hopefully you'll get to meet him in the next few weeks. But uh, we're so excited that he's here and part of our family. But I wanted to clear that up for all of you trying to challenge me. If I call a baby rude, he's rude. That's all I'm saying about it, okay? Okay. This series... <laughs> This is how we get into the works of the Lord with those kinds of conversations. This series, uh, this gas series, let me recap for those of you who, maybe this is your first weekend. It's a teaching series about looking into and questioning the role inspiration plays within each of our lives. So every new year, people want to be, uh, they want to be inspired, right? They make resolutions to do things that, that cause them to change. But really at the core of it, what they're trying to do through the new year, through the ball dropping, through the fireworks is be inspired to say this year is going to be different than last year. I'm going to make some changes in my life. And I think over the last few weeks and the weeks to come, we've looked at the power inspiration plays, especially within God's word. We've talked about these stages of faith and how inspiration helps us move through them. This is kind of that process. The first week uh, we talked about life-changing awareness of God. When you have uh, inspiration, this is Samuel and his here I am moment. And God comes and talks to him. And finally he responds, uh, it is me, I'm ready, Lord. And he's inspired to do more. He becomes the man who anoints kings because through his inspiration, he's aware of who God is and what God is doing in his life. Last week, we talked about the power of discipleship and learning. This is Peter asking Jesus to tell him to come to him and then experiencing not doubt in Jesus but doubt in himself, and yet it was through the inspiration that through the power of God in his life that he, of course, became the rock that the church was built upon. This week, we're talking about the active life. We're talking about serving. Uh, this week is, is going to be really powerful because in preparation for the building and all the serving we're going to be doing down there, um, I, I couldn't have thought of a better topic for us to, along with the building announcement, spend a little time engaging around. Next week... It's not going to be easy. I'll just let you know right now. Next week, we're going to talk about the wall. We're going to talk about the dark night of the soul, and we're going to get into it. That's what we do as Christians. That's what we do as believers. And honestly, that's what we do as human beings. Even if you're just a seeker here today, you're not buying into this whole Jesus thing, that's fine. Come next week, because everybody knows and understands what it means to hit a ceiling in your life. 
There's a lot of philosophy around that, even from people who believe there is no creator. We're going to look at that. We're going to sit in it. We're going to talk about how to push through it, not over it, not under it, not around it, but through it. And so be prepared for that. And then we have these other three weeks that will lead us to the last series here at Kesed that I'm not going to tell you about, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the last four weeks before we move into Easter. And uh, like I said, there will be all kinds of fun things happening. So let's get into this, the active life. Uh, I don't know anybody when it comes to serving better at this moment right now than Rick Warren from Saddleback. Uh, They do a lot of incredible stuff around serving. And so there was an article he wrote recently. And so some of this is from that. I want to disclose that because I thought it was powerful. And you'll see one aspect of serving is not reinventing the wheel. It's looking at what works and getting involved and inside it. So, uh, but let's start right at the top. When it comes to serving, Many people have the misconception that being called by God is something only missionaries, pastors, nuns, and other church leaders experience. But the Bible says everyone is called to serve God by serving others. Galatians 5.13 is kind of our verse for this talk. And it says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We're going to unpack this verse over the next few minutes. And I want to point out something through this verse. Oftentimes, if you just spend time with God and you read the Bible and you don't slow down and really look at things and and ask God questions about things and turn verses inside out and upside down, you really miss them. You could read this and think, oh, that's beautiful and move on in your day. But I think you're going to see here in a moment that, that there's a lot that Paul's teaching us about serving. Serving, as I said a minute ago, is not something that only pastors do. It's not something that only high spiritual, uh, uh, visible people do. It's something we're all supposed to do. And it may not be quite as bright as you think. It may not involve a stage. It may not involve anything public. It may not even involve, ready, a Facebook post. (laughs) You might help someone and not tell anyone about it because you're called to serve based on how God has built you and served you We're not called to serve to show other people what good people we are. Now, for some of you, you're a little more convicted than others because you know you do this. You know you do it because when you make those posts, you go back to see how many people have liked it or commented, and you're disappointed less in the person you served and that they were helped, but in the fact that other people didn't respond to you being the one that served them. This is is not what serving is about. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I think the tone of most of my messages and ministry here have been one of, that's not how we do it. Downtown, we're going to have an opportunity for a lot of public stuff. I'm just here to tell you we're going to do it quietly. There will be times when we have to communicate what we're doing. There'll be times when we have to respond to people who are asking questions about what we're doing. But for the most part, we are not a church that has been built around um, marketing ourselves well. We are a church that uh, is, is built around just trying to be who Jesus asked us to be, and serving is core to that. And so I I, want to unpack this verse, but as I do, I want you to understand the posture we're taking as we go a little bit deeper. First, the verse says right at the top, we're called to be free. We're called to be free. You cannot serve God until you've been set free by Jesus. You just cannot do it. You cannot serve God until you're set free by Jesus. It's the prerequisite for serving. Until you experience the transforming power of God's grace in your life, you're too enslaved to your own hurts, habits, and hang-ups to think much about others. This is the number one problem 
that, that I face when trying to get people involved in serving, and it's that they really honestly just aren't as a, in a place to help other people because they've not spent time helping themselves. Right now, there's 46 people up in an EHS class upstairs, an emotionally healthy spirituality class. It's the only class that we teach here that I go to and pray for them at the beginning because I think it's probably the scariest class we have here. Sure enough, I walked into the room and people are sitting at desks, 46 some odd people of all different ages, all different, all different kinds of backgrounds, and they are silent and they are like, Whew. I walked in, I said, how you doing? They didn't respond. I said, kind of scary. Everybody went, yeah, yeah, this is, whew. because you're not there to learn about other people. You're not there to learn a strategy. You're there to talk about you. You're there to talk about why you perceive and why you think. If you cannot allow and, and move through the process the Holy Spirit wants you to, if you cannot get to a place where you are healthy, then you cannot be transformed by God's grace in your life. You're too enslaved to your own hurts, habits, and hangups, and you think way too much about yourself and so can't think about other people. It's just too hard. It's just too hard. Without that freedom, that freedom of, 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 uh, of releasing the harm that's been done to you, releasing the harm you've done to other people, without that freedom of forgiveness, you end up serving for all the wrong reasons. Let me just give you a few examples of people who, who I've spent the last 20 years serving with. And these are the people, because they weren't freed by God's grace, these were the people that were motivated by these illegitimate reasons and so left burned out, bitter, and tired. And usually blaming me. Let's finally get to correct some of this stuff. I'm only responsible for some of your problems. I can't be responsible for all of them. First, it's people who try to earn the approval of others. These are people who come up, introduce themselves, and then tell me about all the great things they did for God this week. I think it's wonderful what you did for God, but you did it for God, you, you didn't do it for me. These are people that, that have an agenda, and they, they want to build up some kind of reputation through their gifts, through their skill sets, and not build up a response because of God's grace in their life. They are people who try to earn approval through their serving. People who are trying to run away from their pain. Uh, I came to the realization a long time ago, church is a great place for people who stop drinking, stop doing drugs, stop doing pornography. But they, I also realized a long time ago, churches can be a scary place for those people, especially if they use church as their new habit. So those people show up seven days a week, sometimes 24 hours a day. And that can be a good thing at start until you try to get them into recovery class or an EHS class. They don't want that kind of help. They just want the hit of helping. And so they help and they help and they help. And at first, everyone's really impressed and excited because, again, there's not a lot of people with those kinds of hours or availability. But then all of a sudden, they don't get that encouragement. They just become part of the family and people kind of just are used to them. And usually when something difficult happens in their life, they go through some sort of valley. They don't get the hit of other people encouraging them for what they do or what they give or how they are. And they resort to old ways and old lifestyles because the transforming love of God is not the source and purpose for why they did what they did. Other people are people trying to remedy guilt. They were really, really bad parents, really bad husbands, really bad wives, really bad employees, really whatever their version of bad is, and that's a whole other philosophical argument, but they, they have this idea that they aren't enough, and so they start to, to serve and they start to help in order to be more. I've shared with you before this idea of God being holy, okay? At its base element is this idea that God is whole, that he's lacking nothing, 
that he is complete. When God breathes into our lives, when we experience the salvation of God, in that process, we then get to experience his holiness and wholeness. And we move and live inside that place, always recognizing the need for more of him to complete more of us. If you don't engage in that process, then what you do is find yourself as a person who's constantly trying to fill that need, not with the Holy Spirit, but with doing, only doing, with, with, with just getting out there and trying to, to experience this world through, uh, through paying back the debt of, because of the things you were. The last one are people that have tried to impress God. These probably are the most difficult because um, it's insatiable, their hunger to perform. People who try to impress God, people who, who try because they haven't experienced the freedom of Jesus, try to earn the freedom of Jesus by being better than other people around them. These are usually the most judgmental Christians I do life with because they're competitive. They, they want to be better than you in order to be enough for God. And this is a difficult thing. So be aware that you cannot serve God until you've been set free by Jesus. The second barrier is serving Serving others is selfishness. It says in that next portion of the verse, but do not use your freedom to indulge selfful, sinful nature. Do not use your freedom to indulge sinful nature. The number one reason, I'll put it on the screen, we don't have time or energy to serve others is that we're preoccupied with our own agendas, dreams, and pleasures. Serving is uncomfortable. It's just not easy. And so we as people have to understand that, that, that we need the ability to set down our agendas and what we want for what God wants because as we teach around here all the time, what God wants for your life, you could never even imagine. It's so much better than what you want. But that means he has to be the king of your life. That means you have to recognize a need for a savior in your life. This is why serving for many is so difficult because people are just too selfish. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it, Mark says. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Such an easy thing. Kind of a, an easy concept, easy to talk about, but much, much more difficult to actually enact. So evaluate that. How's your selfishness? How's your pride? When you look in the mirror, do you see someone that's willing to give for no other agenda than because you were first given? Third, and lastly, the motive for all serving, the purest motive should be love. Galatians 5.13 says, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. And this is the point right here. Rather, serve one another in love. This is such an important key to building real community. 1 Corinthians 13 says, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. If you do anything else without this, then it is a farce. It is fake, and it is not accomplishing what you think it is. This is because, and I love this, God is far more interested in why you serve others than in how well you serve them. I'll just leave that on the screen for some of you. He's way more interested in why than in how well. He's always looking at your heart, serving willingly and eagerly out of love for Jesus and gratitude for all he's done for, for you. Remember, you are most like Jesus when you're serving others. After washing the disciples' feet, Jesus says, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. This is why as a church we talk about finances, because it's a way that people serve and it needs to be honored. 
giving is an important part of our community, and we talk about it because for some of you, it is, your, it is, it is how God speaks through you. And so to not talk about it because it's, it's been painful in the past isn't honoring the fact that you serve in that way. We talk sometimes about the way people move in our community or things that are accomplished by it. This is how people serve and give. This is such an important piece because these are the ways in which we're like Jesus. Can you see how important this is right now as we get ready to move downtown? It's it's critical that we begin to platform as a church this kind of thinking and this sort of structure. As we move to uptown Vancouver, this part of our church is going to be put to the test. It just is. Neighbors are going to be watching. The public's going to be watching. The other churches are going to be watching. Friends and family are going to be watching. And you know what? We're going to be watching. But most importantly, God is going to be watching. And we get to steward that. He's allowed us to sit in that incredible place. And I take it deadly serious. And I'm inviting you to do so as well. As we move down there, uh, we need to make some preparations. I, uh, I'd like to present you to you one of the ways we're going to serve our community in downtown slash uptown Vancouver. As you know, uh, we believe in ministry partnerships here at Kesed. Uh, we've asked this question a lot. Why would we create something someone else is already doing well? Some of our current ministry partners are the ones that Tom just talked about, His Heart, which is a Uh, counseling ministry, an emotional health ministry. We support them monthly, and we did as well this Christmas. Another one is One Life. This is an incredible food bank that uh, is actually uh, in uh, downtown Vancouver. And so uh, we have been supporting them monthly, and we've done a few of our red red, uh, envelope givings for them as well. We also believe strongly in open house ministries. Uh, They are just beautiful people doing beautiful work. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you're ever looking for a place to serve or give or help, that's a wonderful place. We support them monthly as well. These are all people doing big things, and they're doing them much better than we could do them by ourselves. Uh, I'd like to introduce to you yet another opportunity for partnership as we move downtown with another church right here in town. And that church is a church I know quite well, and it's Living Hope Church and their Live Love Center. Uh, I, I wanted to tell you about it, but they actually had a great video that was done just recently by the mayor of Vancouver, and so I asked them if I could just show you. And so rather than me try to explain it, I'd rather show it to you now, so please watch. Hello. I'm Ann McInerney Ogle, mayor for the city of Vancouver. First of all, thank you so very much. When the weather gets very, very cold and when it drops below 32 degrees, you open your facility for those among us who need that little extra that you offer that warm place, that hot food. Thank you for doing that. Last year we had over 40 nights when the weather dropped below 32 degrees and more than 100 people needed to come in out of the cold. We need your help again this year. I can certainly make a pot of stew and some buttermilk cornbread, but we need a little bit of help. Think about what you might be able to offer. Perhaps it's that little extra that you might have to give your treasure, to give your funds to buy the food. Maybe it's your time. Maybe you have the opportunity to volunteer. Maybe you have that wool sweater, that old blanket, that pair of warm socks, the warm clothing that we so desperately need for our individuals who are out in the weather. All of that is helpful. Won't you consider the opportunity for your time 
your treasure or those warm winter clothes. Thank you so much for helping. What you do for the lonely, for those that are lost, helps all of us. Thank you for giving your love to those that need it. Can you just welcome Pastor Neil Curtis from Living Hope? <laughs> Great to be here. How, how many people kind of know Neil? Might go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, I've been around Neil uh, a big portion of my life, and uh, he's, he's the real deal. Uh, I went and toured the Live Love Center this week in preparation for today, and him and I started dreaming and talking about what, what it would look like, and so I wanted him to, to talk about and uh, kind of share with us uh, what they do and how they do it. And then I want to talk to you about uh, what it's going to look like for us to, uh, to be a part. So thank you for coming. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm excited about what's happening at Kesed and uh, hopefully Easter <laughs> we downtown. Hope. <laughs> we, we hope. Yeah. So, no, um, our Live Love ministry is an outreach to the community, uh, both to homeless and underserved people. Uh, there's a lot of people in the community that... You know, just are struggling to make ends meet, and uh, all are welcome. Uh, we serve twice a, a week, a meal during the day. We have food boxes, we have clothing, uh, and it's all you know free to people that, that have that need and, and can come and be a part. Uh, we also, when the temperature drops, we open up our church as a warming shelter, and uh, we've had as many as over 100 uh, people at a time. And uh, when the temperature drops 32 or below, uh, we want to expand. We want to, uh, you know, the homeless problem is not going away. It's actually getting worse, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I don't know if uh, many of you may not know that Vancouver is the number one city in the entire country for the rates going up for rent uh, in, in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And people, they're good people that are being priced out of their homes. They're on fixed incomes and uh, or they're just barely making ends meet and uh, they find themselves you know homeless or living out of their cars and uh, there's certainly the problems of addiction and and uh, enabling uh, you know people that feel like we're enabling people but um, it, Jesus didn't put all those restrictions on serving as you said <laughs> he didn't say we only can help people we've qualified <laughs> right, right yeah yeah um, he just said you know give a cup of cold water and uh, that's what we do. We give a meal. We, we share clothing. Um, and so, but we want to collaborate with other churches. And that's why I'm excited to be here, to be sharing with you. because yeah, I said, when I toured it, I asked like, well, about other churches involved and how it works. And you sort of said, well, there's, there's not a ton of that. Not a ton of that. Now, when, when the temperature gets cold, it kind of like triggers something in people like, wow, it's cold. And uh, so people come and help. And, and we've had... Uh, you know, churches come and, and drop stuff off, and people can serve, and people that serve, and uh, it's really an open opportunity to anybody that wants to get involved. And we also have a number of homeless people that God has touched, He's changed their lives, and, and uh, probably half of our staff that serve the homeless are homeless themselves. Really? And uh, that's really exciting really? Yeah, to see people serving others that... Uh, we're in a place where they, they understand that, that yeah. challenge, you know. Yeah. And so. so going back to the Vancouver being the highest rent, I think some of us knew that, some of us probably didn't. <laughs> that, that means that some people that end up in your shelter 
are people who've just been priced out of, of living accommodation. Home, yeah, they're, they're good people. Um, a lot of times uh, they're seniors, you know, elderly mm -hmm. people. Uh, and a lot of veterans, uh, which is just, you know, breaks my heart, man, to see veterans uh, not cared for and, yeah. and, and, and ministered to, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, so we find a lot of veterans. There's certainly mental health, uh, drug addiction, you know, all of those things, PTSD mm -hmm. uh, that people are dealing with, although we're developing programs that address that and, and minister to, to people that are struggling in that area. Mm -hmm. um, tell, tell us, tell them the story about the... Uh, because you also have families, whole families that show Whole up. families. So you, yeah, had, you yeah. had a family come in with a little girl. Yeah, uh, a while back we had a, a family come in on a cold night. And uh, we, usually we do have families, little children. And this particular night, uh, there was, uh, I think she was about seven, maybe eight years old. Uh, she was celebrating her birthday. And here's her birthday, their family being homeless. And uh, so our staff went out and bought her a birthday cake, and we brought it in, and uh, the whole shelter sang happy birthday to her, and her mom's in tears, and, and it's so exciting for them. But uh, think about that, to have a, you know, to be a family and celebrating your, your daughter's birthday, and you're homeless, and you, you, there's nothing yeah. you can, you know, really yeah. do about it at that point, and so. Uh, we also do job fairs. We, we try to get them placed into a job. Um, resumes, all those things, and, and really try to systematically help people, uh, you know, get out of homelessness, and, and that's why we uh, linked up with the mayor. We're working with the mayor and, and the city of Vancouver. Uh, they're working on low-income housing and uh, things like that, so there's really a, a, a bridge that's being built between different ministries like Open House mm -hmm. and our homeless community. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know it, but... Uh, Seattle and Portland actually bus people, homeless people, to Vancouver, Washington, and drop them off. Can you believe that? Wow. So, yeah, because they don't know what to do. And I really believe that it's the church that has to step in mm. because we have the answer. Mm -hmm. It's the spiritual side mm -hmm. of, of, of where people are at. And we can, we can offer Jesus, and that changes people's lives. And that's what gives them the the, the motivation, the inspiration, and the power to begin to take steps to healing. You're and great. So. You should be, you should preach every once in a while. You're, it's pretty good. I need to have more interviews like this with other preachers so I can just. Um, so we, we, we as a church, we're dreaming about all kinds of things. I want to be clear that uh, what we want to talk about we can do together is just the first part. It's just kind of an ankle deep. We, uh, we want to make sure that whatever we commit to as a church, we can follow through on. And so Neil and I have agreed to start slow. Uh, and you're going to get a card as you leave. I don't have one on me, but you're, there's a card as you leave that's going to talk about what we're going to do through the month of February to partner. And uh, we chose, you gave us a few items, and we just chose all of them. Okay. So uh, wow. I think they're right up here if you want to put them up. Uh, why don't you talk to us about these and why they're important, if you can see them on the screen there. The, you know, some of the greatest challenges, uh, of course, are, you know, just the, the overnight stuff that, that the homeless need. Tarps, um, sleeping bags, and the socks, uh, and uh, gloves, and hats, of course, just to keep warm. That, that's the main thing. That's, a, that's an easy start. Uh, we're always in need of sleeping bags. And, uh, and we're, we've got some systems work out to... Uh, to help them, you know, wash their sleeping bags, dry them, and, and get them back in service. We've been working on that because uh, we've had, you know, problems with the homeless. Will, they'll get a sleeping bag, 
you know, it'll get all wet during the night, and then they'll just abandon it. And uh, so we found out near our church, Living Hope, under the, uh, near the underpass there of the freeway, there's a big pile of sleepy bags, <laughs> all Living Hope, from mm, Living Hope. Mm. And so the city said, can we work on this, you know? So uh, the city's put in a navigation center yep, on Grand and Fourth Plain, and, and they, they can do some laundry there and, and stuff like that. And so, uh, but these are the most important things. And... Uh, uh, one of the things that we're working on is actually an overnight shelter. You know, not just a warming shelter, but an overnight shelter. Okay. Because uh, I had a guy come in the other night and, and asking if the shelter's open. And, um, and I said, well, we only drop it, or we only open it when the temperature drops to freezing. And it's, it's you know, it's not really 32. He says, well, it is freezing out there. It was about 35 or 36, you know. He says, man, it's freezing out there. Yeah. Please open the shelter. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, so the, these are basic things that, that people need. We okay. always have a okay. need for it, you okay. know. So through the month of February... Uh, we here on Sunday mornings are going to be collecting sleeping bags, tarps, wool socks, gloves, and stocking hats every single Sunday. We're going to have a place for you to, to drop them off. Bring them here uh, every Sunday morning. Don't bring them to our office <laughs> if you don't, we don't. We're not prepared for that, but bring them here on Sunday morning. And then we will take them after service over to Living Hope to the appropriate contact there. Uh, I think we could, we could if, 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 if we wanted to as a church body, we could meet most of their needs for the warming shelter in, the, in these areas uh, mm-hmm. for this whole winter uh, that, that especially is still coming. And so um, this is a way you can tangibly serve. Now, there's much more that, that in the future we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what it means to participate in the warming shelter, uh, working overnight. We're going to talk about helping with the, I guess, would it be a soup kitchen or, mm-hmm. or uh, all, all kinds of things mm-hmm. that you have said that, that you need bodies and people to help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will introduce those. Um, as, uh, as, they, as they come, uh, there's a process that you have to go through in order to, to come and help. And we're working with Living Hope and Pastor Neil to uh, put that in place here at Kessid so that, that we can partner. Um, another thing this is doing is this is signifying to other churches in the community that, that, that they can work together. Uh, churches, we talked about this, churches can be a little bit... Uh, would you say proprietary? Yeah, <laughs> is that, you is know, that a kind word? You're doing your own thing, you know, and yeah. you got to take a look around once in a while yeah. and say, hey, we're all on the same team. Yeah. Let's work together. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, uh, uh, it's bigger than any one church. It really yeah. is. And, yeah. Uh, well, it's so. beautiful what you guys do, and uh, I, think, I think we can help. Amen? I think we yeah. can be a part. Yeah. So, yeah. um. Uh, so we're going to start that. It'll be on our Facebook. We'll put it on the app. And again, every Sunday through the, through the, uh, through the month of February, we'll, we'll be collecting these items. Cards will be given to you as you leave. Um, can I, can I, I want to close. Can I use you as an illustration, if that's okay? Sure. Uh, Neil doesn't know that I'm doing this. And so uh, I'm going to put my pulpit back. And that way you can have somebody to stare at uh, while I talk about this. Uh, here's the thing. And this is one last observation I want to make in closing the message. Uh, relating directly to our series theme of inspiration. Uh, as you're sitting in your seats right now, and, and if you're anything like me, sometimes being inspired uh, to serve comes difficultly to you. And so I want to offer you this. I've noticed over my years of ministry that people like this who truly serve others often do so because they themselves never forgot what it was like when they were once in great need and had someone within their lives step forward and serve them. Full transparency, there are many days in my life when serving others just doesn't come 
easily for me. Whether that's because I've fallen into some sort of unforgiveness, right? Whether it's because I've, I've been selfish or because I'm just not loving well, those three things we just talked about. It doesn't matter. There's just days where I forget. But I want to tell you that this principle of remembering what others have done for me has many times sparked a new heart regarding the privilege of serving those God has called me to. Now, some of you know that I know Neil, but not many of you realize just how. What you don't know is that I met Pastor Neil and his family when I was 10 years old, when my parents joined his church, Vancouver Community. This is a picture of Neil and I. Uh, and as you can see, uh, I am just as handsome then as I am now. So that's, I haven't changed hardly at all. Uh, a year or so later, what's so profoundly important is that I actually came to Christ sitting with my father across from this man right here, just as I am right now. From there, under his teaching and leadership, I learned what it meant to be a part of an authentic church community. This was my church community and how I learned to do a lot of what I'm doing now. And with his help, when I was 15 years old, at a Good Friday service at Vancouver Community Church, I preached my very first message with him in the audience yeah. encouraging me. It's a special thing to be served by someone. As a matter of fact, during the very early years, I was also spanked by him once for not doing what I was asked when I spent the night at his house with his son. It's the only, it's a true story. Still to this day, I'm slightly uncomfortable when he's behind me. Here's the thing. I'm inspired to serve when I remember that I was once served, just as we all should be inspired to serve as Jesus has served us. Do you remember what that was like? Do you remember what it was like to be served by him with your needs met? Do you remember what it was like to have someone step into your life and meet that need like Neil did for mine? This is why this is so important for us. I think we forget why. And so I think, therefore, we're not inspired to serve other people. But if you struggle like I do with serving, then remember other people that served you and what that felt like. Remember how that, that grew and fruited in your life into something more than you could ever imagine it to be. And so maybe you can be that seed. Because at the end of the day, may we never forget, this is why we have been called to serve God. Because it is Jesus who meets all needs within himself that first served us. We get to be a part. I wanna give you some time to think about that. I wanna give you just a few moments to think about who in your life served you and who in your life you're supposed to serve and be inspired Amen. to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We have some needs to meet people and some work to do and it's our job to respond to him. So take some time. Remember that first love and the reasons you're here today. I think God could do some incredible things with it. Neil, would you pray for us? I know. Sorry, it's really emotional now, but that's all right. So I believe you can do it. <clears throat> Father, thank you for these moments together in your word. Thank you for touching the life of a young man many years ago. And to see him grow up to preach the gospel and to touch thousands of people for Jesus Christ. 
bless him, bless his family, bless his church, God. May this church grow to be a light in downtown Vancouver, to reach thousands for Jesus Christ, to serve with open hands on bended knees, proclaiming the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you've done here. Thank you for a, a partnership and a relationship that is rooted in Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen and coming again. Lord, thank you that we serve a risen Savior. We love our community, Lord. We pray, God, that you would touch Vancouver, bring revival to Vancouver. Touch our homeless, touch our men and women, touch this college, Lord, and our businesses and government, schools, Lord. Raise up a mighty army of people that don't name the, the name of a church, but we name Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're pressing on. God, we pray that you anoint this church to share the gospel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, thanking you every step of the way. Amen.